Welcome back to the uh, Three Island Discs uh, Music General Banter Podcast. Thank you. I'm Evan. And uh, part of the re-recording Empire Umbrella, or whatever you want to call it, uh, you well, can find us on... Well, I've been watching Star Wars lately. So oh, you have. So now we're basing this whole business around an empire. So, so we are. And the dark side. And <laughs> <laughs> so the re-recording uh, Dark Side Empire. empire. <laughs> uh, you can find us on uh, various socials, including... Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube... And, but more importantly, really, just go to the website. Website has everything. Which uh, is rerecordings.wordpress.com. Good man, Anthony. Um, it's been a while, Anthony, since we recorded a podcast, uh, much to the dismay of the 30 people... That actively listened that to actively it. That actively listened. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're worried about it. Aye, I'm with sure. We've had no messages yet. <laughs> it's like, where are you at? We've <laughs> uh, no messages yet, but I'm sure they're deeply worried. Uh, I've missed doing the podcast, really. They were they were fun when we were in the full swing of them. I was just everything's just kind of got a wee bit hectic at the last few months. So yes, busy. Back to it now. Back we'll get a few made in us hopefully. Hopefully, but more regular. I know it's uh, all been well. All been well. Um, so I can't even remember what time we did. An album review the last day. Aye, we did the, the Genesis one. Genesis that was fun. Aye, that was that was off the cuff. It was. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll notice in the podcast if you listen back there's not a wild pile of talking <laughs> no there'll be slightly more today we've done uh, I'd say a good hour of research that should cover an hour that should cover an hour you know text an hour to research text an hour should take an hour to record it like it's like do you ever see the Futurama one the sexy female lawyer I've only got three pages here I took an hour to read I thought I'd take an hour to read <laughs> <laughs> so that's about like what we're like today, um, but uh, we're changing. It changes up a, a slight little bit. I know we've done uh, genre specific stuff and things like that, but uh, we're going to go artist specific today. Uh, if anybody that follows the newsletter. We do an album review every month. I think one of the first ones we did was uh, Dire, Dire States album, the Dire States, so their first album, self-titled. And uh, the man we're going to be looking at today is the head man, Mark Knopfler. The main man. Uh, a very long career. I suppose uh, Dire States were the 70s. 70, mid-70s. Mid-70s. And even before that, he was... Recording and no, I didn't do much recording, but he was playing away in those mm-hmm. various bands and, and such. Um, so a lot of history. Well, not so much history. We're not really into the history of the person. We're, That's more. We're going to keep it light. We're going to just focus more on the music. Yes, good idea. That's. I think, I think we could, like anybody could look up a Wikipedia page and start saying facts. But why not just? celebrate the man that he yes. was that he is that he's not dead yeah, he's not dead yet <laughs> but uh, before we look into it we will do a little bit of history uh, I did look up the Wikipedia page <laughs> so uh, just a few bullet points really um, born in 1949 he's actually born in Glasgow lived there till he was seven and then they moved to Blythe Newcastle his first musical influence really was his uncle Kingsley who played the harmonica and the boogie woogie piano uh, became familiar sort of with, with sort of bluesy style and that boogie woogie stuff, uh, and then he really wanted a Fender Static, a red Fender Stratocaster, which he saw in the shop, 
uh, but they couldn't afford it. His family couldn't afford it, so they got him a uh, a two pickup. Uh, I think it's Hofner Super Solid. Mm. I think autocorrect on my uh, computer changed the word, so I think it's Hofner. I uh, did. It would be Hofner. Hofner, yeah. Uh, during the sixties, Nofler joined uh, various bands, yeah, and what it took showed his, his singing influence there from Elvis. Uh, his guitar influence from the likes of Chet Atkins, B.B. King, uh, Hank Marvin, James Burton, the likes, uh, you know, them boys. Uh, six, 1968, studying journalism, he equated himself with a furniture maker, come country blues enthusiast, come part-time performer, uh, Steve Phillips. Uh, so he learned a lot, a lot about sort of early early blues and different various styles of blues and. If, if you don't know much about it, we did record a blues podcast. So we did. Listen back to that one. Uh, I say Mark Knopfler would learn a lot from it too if he had access to it that time. <laughs> but uh, the two lads then, so Steve and Mark, formed a band called the the Doolin String Pickers. They would perform a lot of blues and folk around different clubs uh, for a number of years. Uh, uh, probably well. The next point I have, 1970, so must have been a couple of, you know, two years mm-hmm. almost. Um, moved to Leeds, where he recorded a demo disc of uh, some original songs he had written, uh, one called Summer, Summer's Coming My Way. Uh, so it had Mark Knopfler on guitar vocals, Steve Phillips was a, a backing guitar, uh, Dave Johnson on bass and Paul Granger on percussions. Uh, So Johnson and Granger then, uh, along with a vocalist, uh, Mike Dewhurst, played with Knopfler in a band called the Silver Hills. Uh, so this is now this is the next fun bit. So mm-hmm. everybody knows Mark Knopfler's sort of really unique guitar style. So this is now this is where it started to come in. So uh, the story goes, the only guitar he had access to when playing with the Silver Hills was a a beat up acoustic guitar with a real messed up neck. And the only way he get like a nice playable sound out of it was to uh, finger pick it mm-hmm. and just just play it with fingers, just the way like he does. Everybody knows what he plays. No, it. that's a signature and sound. That's where it all come from. Basically, this beat up neck twisted that, guitar. That so. is quite. That is quite interesting. Like that's uh, that's changing your style on the spot, and then you that f- for like that awful guitar that he had, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then that style because he. The way he was picking and was sort of adding harmonics to the strings and stuff like that's it's right, aye. made it a signature sound for him. That's it, and uh, a great it's a great sound too. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely unique as far as rock music because I don't think I can think of, I can't think of anybody else that plays just with their fingers. No. Uh, you think of all the big rock guitarists. No, they're all all pick men. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Really strange. Not as well as strange or just really funny. Sort of. Well, I suppose it's maybe coming from that folk background too. That's probably true. Blues guitarists as well. I uh, suppose they would have been all. They would have been all. All fingers as well. Yeah. So there you go. That's. But it has to be there for you. There you go. Um, so that was in 1973. Uh, so he then played with a band called the Brewer Drip. Brewers Drip. Sorry. Uh, so that's where he developed his style of guitar playing. Not with the silver he's with the brewer's <laughs> drip. Uh, 
I had to make sure I had to read that point before I actually started speaking for him. <laughs> um, not for he then took sort of a break from I suppose bands took up a, a role as a lecturer in uh, Lockton College for three years. He still he still you know, performed a bit, but he, uh, I suppose he had to take a back seat for the for the professional job or whatever. Uh, but eventually, by the mid-70s, most of his time was taken up with music again. Uh, at that point, his brother David and a guitarist turned bass player, John Easley, uh, they all moved in together. Uh, and Loughlin were then asked Easley to join the new band, which was called Cafe Racers. Um, skip forward, I suppose they toured or whatever, played mm-hmm. their local venues and that. Uh, eventually... Dire Straits came into being uh, in 1977. Uh, so they recorded their first demo tracks, uh, three different sessions, 1977, uh, with Knopfler on guitar and vocals, uh, Isley on bass, and uh, Pick Withers on the drums. Mm. Um, so their first uh, demo tracks, I think there was five altogether, um, the names of which uh, have you got the list of them aren't they? Uh Songs of Swing is one of them uh, Water of Love is another and there's three more uh, Wild West End is yes, that one of them? that's one of them yeah and Down to the Waterline Down to the Waterline I think it's one of them yeah so there's uh the most famous to come from that session. That's a great track. Is it, is it, is it jazz? Is it muddy, bluesy? Uh, it's, rock a whole, it's a whole amalgamation of genres. Yeah, like it's, it's class. There's great groove to it. There is. Like listening to the guitar playing. He's basically doing all his own accents to his, to his mm-hmm. singing. And everything else just is something nice. The bass is just... It's just chugging along. Easy, yeah. I quite like the drums. They're sort of jazzy drums as well. Mm. Move on to ride some of Just to mix her up a bit. But, but this, like, this, this guitar style, this is where you really... The first big track where you, where you hear it. Um, and of course, this was whenever they did release the full album. This was the uh, there were two singles, I believe, uh, "Songs of Swing" and "Water of Love," and this was the big one. This one, uh, the album actually didn't go down very well. The full album. It wasn't until the single was released, "Songs of Swing." Uh, I'm see if I can remember. It went big in the Netherlands, then circled around Europe, then went to. Um, Everywhere else, then went to America, and then eventually became popular in the UK, <laughs> where it all started. Finally, a really big circle there. So uh, this is—I think this is the water of love. This is the water of love. The water of love. But it's a the Blood album. Would it's? I suppose it's a very diverse style of genres the whole way through it. It is, I. The only kind's really kick and it only sort of comes together with Sultans of Swing. It does. That's probably why Sultans was the big hit. It was a appealing to all of the masses. Yes, yes. But no, there's some great songs in that album. 
Like there is I again like we reviewed that I can't remember what when what month it was but uh, if you sift through the newsletters uh, you'll get our take slightly in-depth interpretation <laughs> of the full album <laughs> of what we thought of it this one just like a uh, like a credence thing going on there oh, with the uh, percussion there far away microphone for the yeah. vocal yes I need a little water of love that's a nice track that's got that Vietnam-y credence yes, yes. I suppose credence uh, credence were around they were late 60s mm-hmm into 1970s uh, in Dave Stitt's form 70 70 77 no. didn't come out 78 aye uh, so probably well we've got to talk influence in them movie but Just a they were very influ- influential band creating so So, uh, so that's their first studio album, which was released in 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, what followed then were a further one, two, three, four, five albums. Uh, From 78 to 7, 80, yeah. 95, did you say? Yeah, uh, no, 91. So 78, 70, 80, 82, 85, mm-hmm. 91. Uh, and there was a, quite a lot of change in those albums. Nuffler, I suppose, only had that style of guitar. His actual style of music was very... Mm-hmm. Eclectic. Sort of, no, diverse. Like, he had, like, good, like, rock rock songs, and then he had, like, folkish type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but bluesy stuff. Um, so I think uh, the first two albums really were sort of kind of similar, like Dire, Dire States and Communique. Communique, I think. Communique. <laughs> with with a father or a. Uh... A, 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 a wee accent over the e. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a French word. So this is Lady Rider. This is a, I guess Crackle song. This is a bit like your uh, Songs of Swing kind mm-hmm. of sound. That same groove. Really groove, yeah. So there was uh, there was two singles in that as well. Once upon a time in Wild West as well. There was another single as well as Lady Raider. Uh, this album it did pretty good. Uh, it went platinum. The whole pile of countries, double platinum: Canada, France, uh, platinum in Germany, Netherlands, Spain, three times platinum in Switzerland. Uh, they did like him in Switzerland, I have mm. to say. Uh, when you look through all his albums, they sort of fall. Norway, Switzerland, them places. Always just fantastic. Um, so it's, again, you can hear that kind of real, just groovy, groovy sound. Uh, I think Once Upon a Time in the West is a little bit different. Uh, mm. So stick it on, Anthony. So this is more, this is like your bluesy sound here, by the sounds of it. Bluesy country sound. 
nice soft. It's almost like a reggae actually. When, when, the, yeah, drum, when the drums kick that, in. That groove there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's real ska, like, what, what year was that one there, that was... That was 79. Like, you're talking in around that time, you're talking all the influences from Jamaica and things was coming into mm. London and England uh, at that time, and around that time. Yeah. Well, Bob, Bob Marley was, he was big at that time, all the mm -hmm. uh. But then, the time the Jamaicans were getting moved to England, essentially. <laughs> the <ba> <Yeah. laughs> the like, you look, you look at the mid-80s, like, you'd... Um, Madness and no the specials. Yeah, yeah. And they were often like air, real poor areas of England where the posh Jamaicans too. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that program used to be TV? We might have, we might have talked just before. Your man from the Madness presented it. It was like the celebrities all had it. It was like karaoke or something. <laughs> I mean, they used to be on Channel Five every every Friday night or whatever. Man, he was, I didn't know he was a singer, I thought he was just a TV presenter. And then uh, I later found out <laughs> the lead singer of the Madness. He was in that um, What I Lay to You there a few weeks ago. Was he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he would have had more, sort of, would have been able to master the whole concept of lying to other people. Well, he's not good at it. <laughs> he seems like a really slick character, That's what I you would know. Have thought. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> I like that, I like this uh, little intermission bit with this song. And then back to your reggae sort of thing. Ska. Yeah. Not my, not my type of music really that I've been listening to, that sort of reggae ska type stuff. Mm. Uh, I don't mind it now. Yeah. It does get a wee bit sort of sickening after it because it's the same groove for every song. But yeah. You need, see, you need to be in the right frame of mind there to listen to that stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what are you controlling, Keith? It's based on your head. That's why I don't listen to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's communique. Communique? Communique. Or communique, or whatever the hell you want to call it. And there's getting more rocky now. It's getting that eye. Yeah, more than the drums, and then we're back to the. That was number three. Now, come to our third album. Now they're starting to change a bit. Uh, making movies. It's actually released in 1980. Um, I love this album. Three singles. Probably some of their most famous songs. If you look on their Spotify, and Room Rule and Juliet is their mm -hmm. is their top played song. 151 million oh, streams. Yeah. That's <laughs> quite a number. Uh, so stick her on there. So I think they're they're moving uh, during this album. They're moving from sort of it's nice groovy sort of mm -hmm. like they're trying to they're trying to get more sort of they're not trying to be complicated if, if you know what I mean. But they're you know introducing different uh, it's, aspects to their music. It's uh, more complex arrangements, uh, more instrumentation sort of things and things going on yeah. in the background, but it's songwriting, the fo it's still folk songwriting, yes. lyrics, if that makes sense. Yes. There's a lot more, I suppose it's a lot more money now. 
Pönus, Pönus Jonland. Ja, du som där front. That's it. Still think Tonal Love's great song, that's tracks, this album. I know we've definitely talked about it before, the, the documentary with Brian Johnson and interviewing yes. Martin after. I didn't like that documentary. I did, I liked that one. Brian Johnson had too much singing in it. You want to listen to Martin Offler singing and playing the song and then uh, Brian Johnson sitting there he's singing it and he can't sing that type of music. No. <laughs> so well, well. That was that was the best one out of all them six. Like. Uh, it was because I watched a couple of other ones and they were great. Uh, your boy Joe Johnson from The Eagles. Uh, wasn't a great episode. And Paul, Paul Rogers won them too, wasn't he? Paul Rogers. And who else was on it? Uh, Eight minutes goes fairly quickly in this song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on. It starts off different from sort of the Mod Day State songs, that sort of. It's like orchestral sound or synths or whatever mm. it is at the start before it breaks into. Guitars. Sort of the, 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 the normal Day State sound. But there's a lot more going on than just simple, just some chords with a wee bit of accent here and there. You can hear him, or some or the other way, mm-hmm. picking the whole way through it. The drums are more rocky in this one than uh, before. Heavier. Not heavier. That's a real good, that's, that's a cracking album. 1980, did you say? 1980, yep. Pretty good album. Uh, and then the other single off album was Skate Away. Skate Away. There's like, there's not really sound like seven songs in that album, but like it's coming in because there's all like, most of them are sitting in around that six, seven, eight minute mark. Yeah, the first half of the album, uh, them three, them three singles, mm-hmm. like eight minutes, 11, six minutes, six forty. And they get shorter as they go, so your second half, side two of the mm-hmm. um, five minus four, nearly five, three nineteen, four oh seven. <coughs> total, total, thirty-seven months, mm-hmm. nearly forty months. But I think probably normal enough. See, this one's getting kind of funkier. What? There's there's something I can think of that does that wee bit of the start. But you know what? We're just gonna go back to start here. To get that wee bit of guitar. There's somebody that does the. There's some big band that does that kind of sound. That bit. Oh. <laughs> I can hear the song in my head, but I can't even. I can't put any words to it. Oh. If uh, anybody knows, <laughs> get in touch, please. <laughs> Who were thinking of? That, that would drive me mad not knowing that. Oh. <laughs> Back your head. The cars do the usual it's like Hugh Lewis in the news. Ah. Uh, a wee bit. Hi. They do the one. Um, uh, stuck with you, is it? Something got there now. Um. Uh, it's one. It's sort of tough. It's not the Back to the Future album. Mm. One of their other ones. Yeah. Not their movie release album. So. <laughs> no, not the movie, not the original soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. 
Ah. But I think that brings us nicely to so 1980. Obviously, there's one 1982, but in that time, he he starts writing music for soundtracks. Um, the first of which is 1983. He does the soundtrack album for Local Hero, like the name of the movie is. Mm-hmm. Local Hero. Um, I have some here. So that was 1983. He, he writes then uh, two more in 1984, uh, Cal and Comfort of Joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mo- most of them are in that 80s, 90s. Uh, Princess Bride, he has some stuff there. Uh, Last Exit to Brooklyn, Wag the Dog, 1998. Uh, Metroland, 1989. Shot, Shot at Glory, 2002. That's mm. from uh, Cal. Cal. Uh, the one thing I'll say is I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> I've never even heard of them. Except, <laughs> uh, I think, The Princess Bride. Uh, Princess Bride is the only one I've ever heard tell of. That's is... the one with your man from the memes, is it? No? Is it? Mm, maybe. Maybe a quick Google it here. <laughs> The soundtrack sound is, oh, well, is uh, I know he's writing it for films and but it's it's a complete departure from what he had been doing with the streets. Oh aye, it is surely, aye. I suppose it's uh You have to write till the till the film. Mm-hmm. Like you like you can't just write a soundtrack film and say, Oh here that's class, just play them and I have nothing to do with it. Like you couldn't write rap music for Princess Bride, like well, well, yeah, well, that's it's, it's sort of like a folk folklore kind of, uh, kind of you know, princesses and that knights and all that kind suits of. Suits it. Uh, uh, but like, uh, I had COVID there not that way long ago, and uh, I watched the animated movie Tarzan, the Disney film from the nineties, because Fal- Phil Collins did the soundtrack for it. And yep. I thought, ah, just sure, I'll just listen to that, and but Phil Collins in there, it wasn't much Phil Collins, but. It's, the three songs that are on are cracking songs, like really well done. Suit the film, suit you know exactly what they're looking to convey. Well, it's the same as the original Lion King. Like there was like uh, two or three songs from Elton John. Yeah, that's right. Wrote for the film, uh, you know, fit their thing perfectly. Um, so, you know, that's what he has to do there. He's writing for the films, mm-hmm. not writing for Dire Straits no. or. Ever. Himself. Uh, so. Play, what's that song on there? I don't think so. Unless there's more at the end. No. no <laughs> it's all orchestral. You know, that, that'd put you, you know, that'd be nice relaxing if you're stressed uh, out there. Yeah. Wheel sounds. Or sound of the rain. <laughs> and calming sounds. It's very calming. Well, I don't know. I don't know about rain, because I heard that rain last night. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> well, 50 million uh, um, winds and. Well, wind, rain without the wind, just nice, nice rain, not heavy, heavy, heavy rain. It needs rain. to be hitting off something pleasant. 
Can't they happen off uh, like a window or like a tan shade? The trees. <laughs> Leaves of the trees. It's just... It's like a brushing sound. Like, like, could you imagine doing yogurt? Like lashing the rain, heading off a tan roof? Aye. <laughs> and he gets up and says, Jesus, that's a bad day. It's a bad day for the weather. <laughs> Howling wind. <laughs> Howling wind, afraid. No, that's not pleasant. The, uh, the sounds of the ocean. These are calming sounds. People love the beach for the calming sound of the ocean. And the whales. <laughs> and the whales. Obviously, we have very few whales in this country. I saw dolphins one day. I uh, plenty of dolphins and plenty, up, plenty of uh, sharks. They were walking up around the port. Uh, and like, well, where you working at? It was like a, like a cliff edge, basically. Well, not really, but... We were living high up off the water and... Uh, I think it was the last day we were there, actually. One of the boys was out, I can't remember what he was doing, but he was outside working, and he said, oh, just come on, lads, see the dolphins. Just, there was loads of them. Just swimming by, jumping down the water. Class. was class. It was a really nice day that day, too, actually. So It made, made a change, because I think it was like October when we were working there. And it's not often warm up the coast. No, it's not. We had some real cool days. Uh, sharks. Basking sharks. Basking sharks, and loads of them. That's right. I think uh, more whales sort of south of the country, sort of in Kerry uh, and Cork direction, and right uh, there. But they're not like blue whales or uh, another big, form of a whale. Not big ones. Aye. Uh, there you go. You learn something new every day. Yeah, we've learned some stuff there. <laughs> so fun facts. Uh, we're also uh, what do you call them, boys? Uh, anthropologists. <laughs> I think uh, that's the end. Amateur anthropologist. <laughs> 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 so uh, I think we should talk about something we know uh, <laughs> so we're back to Dave States there uh, we've touched then on this so he was writing movie soundtracks well I think uh, that's rather fitting because the next album that they did with the Straits well, alongside the soundtrack thing and the side topic of anthropology I think this next album is kind of very much uh, mm. not synthy based but more sort of textural mm. and that is uh Lover of Gold. Love of Gold. Love of Gold, sorry. Uh, so, later, later, up a, a song there from it. No, this this could all backfire me because I have it. <laughs> but. There's only five tracks in this mm-hmm. album. Uh, long runtime, partly because the first track is 14 minutes long. Oof. I didn't even put the first one on it. No, we haven't got time for that, really, have we? Nice delay. That sounds like a fallen mare. Aye, that's, that's what I was thinking. That there, there's more textures in this than here. Aye. You're setting the scene there. Right, right enough, it's nearly seven months long, so I don't know when it kicks off, but... This is uh, Private Investigations, is it? Private Investigations. see where he's going with us here because you know I know we haven't got to the next album yet but even Money for Nothing with a big massive intro that's right uh, <laughs> I know I'm getting ahead of myself but it's nice wee minor bit there <laughs> change it up love my, main, my wee minor bits you know what it's like it's like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen The Deer Hunter no I haven't the soundtrack of The Deer Hunter it's all classical guitar 
Takže... Getting into Phil Collins territory here, he's just mm. got he's got free reign of a studio somewhere. Do whatever he wants. You know, that first bit of singing reminds me of is uh, Call You Two Dads, uh, Fleet of Concords. It's like Jamaican. <laughs> I'm not crying. <laughs> 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 highly, highly recommend Fight of the Concords for they're funny boys. Ca- casual listening. Yeah, they're funny. Yeah. Well, would you, you know, they're not satirical, that's not the right word to describe. Just straight, like, funny. They're, uh, they're just uh, funny lyricism. They, they pick a funny topic and then write a song about it. It's fun. <laughs> it's not like you have to sit down and really analyse it to get the satire out of it, because it's very uh, much in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we'll try industrial disease. We'll try it, yeah, this one's taking a long time. It's <laughs> taking a long time. Mm, now you're like, getting into walk of life territory. That's right, yeah. Well, I think that's the... Uh, so no, it's the next album. It's the next album. Brother, brother in Arms. So uh, I suppose this is the evolving sound. You're going from that bluesy, like... like Riffy based Ton of love to sort of midi... Or what, what year was that in there? That was 82? Uh, Love Over Gold uh, 1982 yeah right. so you're going from that bluesy side to more synth bass more textural yeah oh, you can hear synth there straight away isn't it? yeah it's taking a while to build these up it's taking us time I've never heard Love Over Gold so I can't be sure where it kicks off or <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go, it's not too bad. But it's very much walk playfy. Yeah. I suppose, even uh, money, money for nothing, so some are sort of fucking. Yeah. Money for nothing, because some are sort of uh, rhythm to it as well. And, but, no. I suppose, well, if, if he's only had five tracks in that album. You say five, eh? Yeah, it was five on it, yeah. So that's that. That's his... That's his, uh, how would you say, his sort of... Inter- uh, experimentation I know, uh, yes, period. Yes. Like, it'll only be five tracks, so we'll try what works. Get out of the system. And you say, those are the two singles off that? Those are the two singles, yeah. Like, that's basically laying it up for the next the next that big album. Aye, which... Uh, it was a bit of a break. I say he did a few of them uh, movie albums in mm-hmm. 83 and 84. The next album then is probably the most famous. I would say the most famous. Brothers in Arms. Uh, so you're getting. There you go. Yeah, money for nothing. Good old Sting. Uh, so there's. Uh, that's right, Sting is on this. Uh, I think he just happened to be. About the place, I like uh, I, the hotel where they were staying I, at, and they were like, "Oh, sure, come on in there and <laughs> do a bit of record." Record this back and vocal for me, and he did, uh, which I didn't know till uh, one of the other podcasts I've done research for. The podcast kind of sort of it started off as like a George Michael thing, uh, and then it 
turned into like a marked off for Dire Straits thing. Yeah. We had, uh, we had George Michael not that way, no. Know, that, that just ends up being the George Michael Dire Straits podcast. podcast. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> to be fair, like, they're good, like, they're good, same time. But uh, this is well, the big long intro as you were talking about earlier. It does take a while to build up. But we're not far off it now. Dana's That's bringing... the first minute. <sighs> Dana's just slapping drumming. But you can hear the texture thing from the... Which one was it? It was uh, Private Investigations. Yes, some are kind of, yeah, build up. Drums mm. are nice not to be fair. The best bit of the song, though. It's the big guitar riff. That is cracking. Well, that's the bit you always remember. Yes. Hmm. Yep. So good. Even big Ryan McKellen there, the big diehard rave man. Loves that guitar riff. How could you not love that guitar riff? It's class, fair. Like it sounds rocky and synthy at the same time. Ah, it does. <laughs> That's what. It's just drawing appeal to everybody. Aye. We've touched on this song before as well, actually, uh, way back in uh, Funny Backstories. Stand behind the fuck. <laughs> Stand behind the, uh, the boys in the shop. Watching them, watching the TV, comment now, right down what they're all saying. So, uh, yeah, strange, strange words, like that line there. Like, how, how else would you put that in a rock song? Oh well, apart from the, the fact that he's in an electrical show. Exactly, aye, but yeah. I ask, could you, could you work that? It's no. Well, it's, it's, it's his style of writing too. It's sort of just like it wrote, is just wrote what he saw. It's it's kind of thing. essentially folk, northern folk music. Ah. It's been rocked up. It's like playing catchphrase. Same to see. Right, whatever. Well, I watched the catchphrase the other day. The, the, the old ones, just they're so much better than the new ones. Aye, the new ones are awful. Oh. Then. You, you need a sort of quirky commentator like um, like you ever watch the old, old Bullseyes Ah, uh, Jim, uh, Jim, Jim Moan he's good he's, he's good. good and then they tried to bring it back around car and it just wasn't the same no. at all Ach, no you can't you can't just do that to Bullseye no uh, Jim Bowen there he was quick he was quick witted somebody said something and he made a quick wee joke and everybody laughed at but and then he moved on back on back instead to the of messed about and laughing he didn't laugh at his own jokes no. Alan Carr <laughs> Aye. If he said anything to himself, he'd laugh. He'd be cackling himself. Aye, cackling away there. <laughs> it would take you about half an hour to get through the first round. That's probably why they sort of film round on round. Aye. Come <laughs> stage. Jim, Jim Moore had the show read up, no? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what you could have won. <laughs> you could have walked away with a microwave, a microwave oven. <laughs> no, no, it was a car, like a, sp- a, sp- a speedboat or something. Uh, uh, no, but, oh, I, the car was like always like a little fiat panda or That's something. So, well, at the time. <laughs> a great car. They were good cars, like. Uh, uh, speed, like, who's, like, we could a speedboat. <laughs> Only a select few people can... Uh, it's like, uh, Can use a boat. It's like watching uh, 
the price is right. Is that the one where all the prices come out in the uh, conveyor belt? Oh, I think it was. I can't uh, mind. Is that long? Like, what's that program? So you had to memorize or I had to, you had to memorize the prices. Uh, there was like ten of them or something. Uh, uh, that's right. <laughs> Do you remember Supermarket Sweep? The old one, Dale Wanton. Dale Wanton. I used to love that program. That's great. Well, I was cobbly. <laughs> Just running in the shop, wrecking everything off the shelves. Just <laughs> really built me. <laughs> it, it makes so much so much sense. Aye, just stick your arm inside the shelf and just trail everything onto the telly. It shows you the caliber of those game shows that uh, they've had to bring them back twenty or thirty years later. Exactly. But but they're not. not they're good. nowhere near as, as good as what they who, were. Uh, who took over the new? It's just it's your boy say. Raylan. Oh, just uh, singery boy uh, from X Factor. Enough said. Aye. That'll, that'll take us off that topic. Well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch any of the new ones. I just, no, I just know I. that. I just need to know that. Just that's enough. Aye. Put you off, I said. Well, deal one can't do it now, obviously. So. Obviously. Unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but what can you do? Uh, so, there's this again, aren't they? We're back to Walk of Life. That's, that brings us neatly into the Walk of Life yeah. there. Um, crack and track. Sense, false sense. I used to think Bruce Springsteen sung this song. You know, because it sounds a bit like Bruce Springsteen to me. I always thought that too. Or why did I always Just think it was Charlie Pride? <laughs> Charlie Pride, the country singer. Yeah, mm. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen could away with that, because like, he sings a bit of stuff like that. But Charlie Pride, Jesus. <laughs> Just the the like the center mm. key, key, keyboard riff there. I always thought was Bruce Springsteen. He does have one sound very similar to that. Yeah, he does. I can't remember what song it is because I don't really listen to Bruce Springsteen. Don't like, don't like Bruce Springsteen. No, there's nothing mm. wrong. I'm just not my style of music. The only Bruce Springsteen one that I really listen to is uh, Santa Claus Comes to Town. Christmas. Only because it's on Christmas Downtown. Hi. Hi. I'll be the only one. Aye. And you might get the odd one, like Born to Run or something like that there. Aye, not very often. Not that popular, really, over here. Not really, no. It was big in America. It was sort of big, well, it's big around sort of... Detroit. New, New Jersey. <laughs> He's from Detroit, was he? Or where's he from? I think it was New Jersey. Or maybe it was Philadelphia, maybe it was he? No, I'm no, certainly from New Jersey. He'd worked in like uh, like power stations and places in oh, the well, air. Oh well, I remember too. But that's cracking me song there. Aye, I never really got got the whole Bruce Springsteen thing, but maybe you had to be living in that sort of era. Maybe. But no, that is a good song. Even if even if Bruce Springsteen didn't sing that. One. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, so there's two of your singles. Uh, Another, the other famous one, there's five all together. The other famous, really famous one is uh, Brothers in Arms, which uh, I've listened to, but never really like listened to it. If you know what I mean. I definitely don't think I listened to this one. I've had it on. I was doing stuff and it, like it's had its background music, but it's not one that I would say listen to. No. Norbig's long intro. Yeah. Lexus doing the intros now. 
He got the taste for it. That's Lo it. Love over gold. See, you could, you could, you couldn't release that there now because the younger generation oh, only yeah. have a life or not life attention span. attention span of like twenty seconds. That's nice too. It is. Like all the thunder and lightning going on in the background. That reminds me of meatloaf. Hi. Who's actually passed away since uh, mm -hmm. our last podcast session? Which is unfortunate. Unfortunate. Maybe we'll look at Meatloaf another one of the podcasts. Yeah, we could, surely. Yeah. any quieter I don't think you'd be able to hear him <laughs> right, but keep moving on anyway Brother in Arms that's, yes. that's sort of where he Dire Straits really hits the big time yep uh, so in 1985 there's they have one more studio album uh, on every street. On every street. Uh, 1991. Yes. Uh, heaps of singles. Six singles altogether. Uh, Calling Elvis. Heavy fuel. On every street. The bug. You and your friends. And ticket to heaven. Uh, so basically, it's half the uh, <laughs> half the album. Half the album. Uh, a bit longer. This album is full of air. Mm. Uh, Twelve tracks altogether. Well, them, well, the five or the six tracks that are on the album, they got nearly touching half an hour. Aye. So they got. Good going. What? This is ridiculous. This is calling Elvis. Calling here, Elvis. But you can hear that. If, I know we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves, but if you're looking at his solo career, where he's sort of very much folky and country, yeah. like you can hear yeah. that. This is basically another experimentation album or <laughs> another interpretation or whatever way you want to put it yes. but he's going away from the synth based money for nothing walk of life to back to rootsy stuff again yeah but you can hear that early rock and roll influence there mm -hmm. uh, sort of what do you call rockabilly and rockabilly and stuff to got there uh, even like some of that Elvis stuff kind of, the kind of rhythm of it you know mm -hmm. maybe not I'm thinking with the drums there like they're, they're heavy toms there but the actual rhythm of it is sort of like early, early rock and roll kind of rhythm. Nice song. Nice song, right? Nice song. Take another one on. Take it to heaven. Take it to heaven. Fuck yeah. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of a John Wayne film. Straight off the bat. Pilgrim. Which is funny because... Whenever I come under your say your dad watching John Wayne there. <laughs> El Dorado. El Dorado. You the time you rang the doorbell, your man had just got uh, done in with a, a switchblade knife and hidden in his back. <laughs> I was like, ah <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi. That raised me I like a John Wayne film or like Mar Marty Robbins or something mm. there. Stay the that yeah. kinda almost 
like Texas country on the border of Mexico kind of stuff. Almost like there was flamenco guitar or something in there. Or mariachi guitar, I don't know what you call it. No, the flamenco Spanish. Mm -hmm. Mariachi Mexican. But yeah, you can definitely hear that shifting sound now. Yeah. And that's the last Dire Straits album. That's the last Dire Straits album. So that was 1991. Um, they did keep it lit for a while. Um, you talk, you referenced the solo career, which uh, in fact began in 1996. Dire Straits, uh, they didn't, I don't think they fell out, but... Uh, the quote from the Wikipedia page is uh, as follows. So, in 1995, following the release of Live at the BBC, which I guess was a live album, uh, Mark Knopfler quietly dissolved the Dire Straits uh, launched his solo career. Knopfler mm -hmm. later recalled, I put the thing to bed because I wanted to get back to some kind of reality. Uh, it's self-protection, a survival thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was just too much for uh, uh, that documentary with yeah. Brian Johnson. He had just been... Overwhelmed, yeah. The whole thing, the thing had got out of hand. Aye, uh, the next line there, you know, it tells you everything. It says that kind of scale is dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. It's hard to live that kind of big, I suppose, rock star life. No, I haven't really ever done it ever. No, and you haven't, definitely <laughs> but not. It can't be easy, like you go out in the street. No, like it's constant. People know you and photographs and autographs, whatever you want, you know. You really can't you leave can't, the house, and you can't get away from it. Uh, so he spent basically two years then recovering from his stardom. Stardom, uh, uh, it, it had taken a toll on his sort of creative, personal, you know, like there was nothing there at least for four years, five years, mm -hmm. 1991, and then a solo album, 96. Uh, so we'll just, we'll jump into the, the solo career. Uh, I, he changed his style quite a bit I think uh, you can hear straight away it's back that to the is roots. more folk it's back to the roots yeah and uh, I took a look through that um, what's that one called um, Golden, Golden, Golden Heart Heart I just haven't looked through some of the artists that were recording on it with them uh, if you listen to folk music or any Irish sort of folk stuff, you'll you'll know four or five of these names: uh, Derek Bell, Harp, uh, Paul Brady mm -hmm. from Strabane, Strabane, hey. Sean Sean Keane on Fiddlers, uh, Chieftains uh, from Chieftains, mm -hmm. uh, Don Lonnie, Ziggy Player, you know him from Plankstey, Plankstey and Moving Hearts, Moving Hearts, Martin O'Connor, uh, with uh, Shimmy O'Dowd and Shimmy O'Dowd and Cal Hayden. Cal Hayden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lemo Flynn Lemo Flynn Plankstay uh, you know he was Stevens as well wasn't he? no because Paddy had only played the pipes so he did Brand. but funny funny you mentioned the Chieftains there uh, Martin Offer did some recording with the Chieftains uh, I think it was like backing guitar or something out mm. there uh, and various other artists I had a list of them there earlier and no, I haven't lost it. I uh, recorded, you know, backing tracks for like sort of the seasons. Eric Clapton, Chris Christopherson, 
Shawnee Landreth, Kate Nan McGarrigal, Sting, he recorded stuff for Sting, Tina Turner, Steely Dan, Jimmy Webb. You know, a lot of big names. He was in demand. He was a good, he was a good guitar player. I suppose could play what they were looking. So why not get him into recording stuff? Oh, that's very Irish. That's off the same Golden Heart album. Yeah. <clears throat> what track's that? What's that called? Darling Pretty. Darling oh, Pretty. <clears throat> There's a couple of accordion players in that. I don't know which one's playing that particular one. Steve Cohn and Joe L. Sonnier. Mm. There you get down to your but uh, rock folk. Now I'm free. Free falling. <laughs> <laughs> that Tom Petty stayed up there. Funny, uh, when did I, when was that on? Tom Petty and Heartbreakers were on there on Sky Arts not that long ago. Mm. That sounds like something else. I didn't see the Tom Petty or I was maybe over Christmas or something. Uh, I think it was. It was a concert. Uh, it was his last live performance uh, in Gitterville or something, Florida. Yeah. It wasn't great. No, but then it was his last performance. He played with somebody on that live show. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, that's who it was. She wasn't bad now. Uh, his songs were pretty boring, I'd say. I like two or three Tom Petty songs, and he he played them all at the start. And mm-hmm. you're like, what if I got to look forward to now? So he's got all, all the new stuff at the end. Aye, and it was all really slow and not lively at all. Like he played all his lively stuff at the start and then played all the slow stuff and then you're like Well if he knew he was dying, get a red up first. Yeah, and then... maybe he did, uh well but he was fell, whatever. Stephen X wasn't bad that now, I have to no. say. Um really Mark Knopfler's solo career it really just sounds like this the whole way. Well not this obviously but No. Folky. Folky. Yeah, yeah. Like uh Country, <coughs> folky, like there's one with Chet Atkins, him and Mark Knopfler. Yeah, well, Chet Atkins there, you know, big country man. Like that's... Two of them are great guitar players. That's the thing, and they just and bounced it, off each uh, other. And you hear the country vibe to that as well, like. I love that song. It's a good right song. Still, still, still guitar there. Keep me going on but yeah, suppose if you grew up in folk music and you kind of based the straights on folk music, folk mm. music lyricism, and then brought in all the extra thrills, guitars and stuff, <laughs> and heavy drums. Yes. And then suppose that's how you built your basically built your name for yourself. Why wouldn't you go back to your roots again? That's it, aye. It's what you know. It's what you grew up playing. I suppose like anything else, you always go back to what you know, mm-hmm. what you're rare doing or whatever. Well, that's that's off his next um, solo album, which was sailing to Philadelphia. Like mm-hmm. you can still hear kind of folky and trad. There you go. 
this more. There's a whole lot of different genres going on there. Just happy rough. Uh, you're right. Trad and Celtic and rocky stuff and country and. Aye. Three dams are spilling out. Fiddle in the back here Aye. too. Oh, be a fiddle. Then around the dungeon doors, the shutters and the queues. Yeah. Everybody's looking for us. That's what it is. Nice song. Easy listening. That's the thing with Morgan Offer. Mm -hmm. He's easy listening to him. That's it. Like, no really just sit around the background and be alright. Uh, there's, no, there's nothing harsh in his music, really. Uh, probably the harshest thing is to start a money for nothing. When he breaks in with a guitar that rough, yep. start to us. <laughs> That's as heavy as he gets. Basically. <laughs> um, the next album we want to really... I know there's he's, he's had many albums. Uh, many albums that he have in the solo career. It was like 24. Mm. Oh, Paul Hipson. Uh, one, two, three, four, Sixty-nine. Four, five, six, nine. Grant. Okay. Down, down for 24. <laughs> I, including all them, so, all them aye, soundtrack albums too. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's nine of them as well. Aye, so. But the next album I want to talk about is well. All the rest of his solo albums that he did for himself was kind of that summer sound. Like, we'll just throw one there and. Like, there's off. It's not as. It would be his last solo album, which is 2018. Yeah. That's different. I know we're starting to experiment there, but. Mm. And then there's another one off his tracker album. See him again, it's that folky, rootsy stuff. This one, boom like that from Shangri-La. Something different again, but still rootsy. That's like 90s rock. Aye. But the one I want to talk about is the Mark Knopfler, Emily Harris album. Yes, that was called All... The Road Rolling. The Road Rolling. That is... Uh, Love the album. What, what was the history behind their um, encounter or their meeting? They collaborated, you know, they were supported other artists. Um, like Emily Harris, uh, we'll see a lot of solo success. She was, a, you know, done for Dolly Parton and Linda Rostand. She recorded backing vocals and things like that there. Uh, John Denver, you know, for Alex John Denver, Nothing Bob Dylan, Tommy Wynette, Neil Young. Nuffer uh, has been sort of working with the likes of Van Morrison, James Tiller, uh, doing guitar. As uh, then people have mentioned earlier, the likes of Eric Clapton, Chris Dawson. So he's been in them sort of circles with similar people. So like the likes of Chris Gustafsson there. I think him and, er and er Emily Harris did stuff together, mm. potentially, I think. Uh, so they're bound to have had a bit of crossover there. And their, their style of music is quite similar. Very much so. She, the Emily Harris would be a bit of a country singer, but she's a folk singer too. They have a kind of summer kind of voicing, you know? Yes, yes. What was it you called it? Uh, it was like a ghost voice or...? I called it. I was saw on there, you had... 
I've never been in the research, I never saw about the two voices coming together as one of the called oh, ghost voices. Oh, aye, they had their own, yeah, solo voice, and then mm-hmm. it was like a combined ghost voice, I suppose. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was the most interesting thing about that. I, I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, if I can read fast enough, I'll find it on the page here. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but like even that, that album it's in itself, like it's very much folky. It's fair enough. Give Amy Lou your, if she wants a bit of country in it and mash yeah. all the folky things in it. Very easy listening. It is. Uh, what track one here, aren't they? This, uh, if this is goodbye. This goodbye. So this um it's a bit of a sad story behind it. So everybody knows about the uh 9-11 attacks there in America. Uh so not only was the there's the two planes that hit the towers, I think there's one hit the Pentagon as well, and there's also a number of other hijacked planes, but th- this particular one uh there was a flight hijacked uh and crashed in Stony Creek Township. Pennsylvania and basically this song is sort of like based on sort of the last telephone calls of people who were on the flight to their loved ones mm-hmm. it's quite sad yeah quite sad quite poignant and you know as you had to get there you're thinking you know man and wife or whatever mm-hmm. I can think of anything. Our brother and sister, or whatever, you know. Father and daughter. Aye. Anything. Whatever is waiting for me. And that's. This is goodbye. I think that's a nice starter or a nice place to finish her. This, this is goodbye. This is goodbye. On for this podcast, <coughs> that's basically Mark yeah. Snoffler's life. Basically, aye. Um, the man had some quality music. He did, surely. And uh, not like most artists who just sort of stuck to their own one thing one and didn't really venture out. He had quite a very... Very diverse career. Diverse career. Not many people can say that, I suppose, in, and in the music industry. was able to keep going. That's Diversifying. Aye. Right. Like went from his bluesy stuff to his rock and roll to his synthy based stuff, synthy stuff, back to the folky stuff, country folk. Yeah, so there you go. That's been Mark Knopfler. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed <coughs> this podcast. And if you thoroughly enjoyed this podcast, <laughs> um, please leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts. I will put links to it on socials. Just yeah, and. If, and if you don't want to leave reviews, just send us messages or questions or yeah, or anything you just want to hear. Or send us bad abuse or bad manners or something. Anything we can, at all. We, we can we can take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not on uh, recording duties. No, uh, we're good at uh, giving out and taking bad manners. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Uh, so with that, I've been Q. And I've been Anthony. Uh, this has been the Three End Discs. Uh, music General Banter Podcast. And you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, Amazon now. Yes. Oh, uh, partly Facebook now. Facebook. Um, if we can get on YouTube as well, uh, uh, on YouTube. I can well. get on YouTube, um, possibly. At Bandcamp, our own Bandcamp. Bandcamp, yeah. As well as. Whatever else. All your favourite podcast, because there's like yeah. 10 or 12 of them. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What's that? What are we playing out on, aren't they? It's going to have to be this goodbye. Right, I'll do. I'll do. All right, okay. <laughs> I change my mind. Change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally just going to. Song to swing. <sighs> Back to the favourite. Back to the favourite, aren't they? Back to the early days. That is a crack and sell. So, with that. Thanks for listening. Shiver in the dark, it's raining in the park But meantime Sound of the river, you're stopping, you hold everything A band is blowing